Hey everybody, this is Sony Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. That's us. Welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, it's great how, to be back. How how we doing, fellas? Oh, it's been a pretty good year, I'd say, so far for movies. I'd say we've had some had some ups and downs, but I think it's been a pretty good year overall. Yeah. We're gonna start a new series this week with this episode, um, which is a- oh my god, thank you. Something new. Thank um, God. It's gonna be a so far right now. It's, it's classic uh, two parter. We had a string there. I don't know if you guys remember this. We had a string where we did like just two parts. Like we had we had a series of like just movies that only had two movies, and it was a really fun streak because we were just like we were just whipping through series. Boom, boom. Yeah, we're going back to our original so many sequels roots. Back to uh, franchises. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had uh, the Harry Potter and Newt's Commander and all that that we can put behind us now. Josh, what are we going into? Well, today we're going to talk about a movie that is getting a sequel for the first time in many decades. This movie kind of defines aspects of the 80s, I think, and 80s culture. We're talking about Top Gun. Top Gun. We're talking Danger about Zone. Top Gun. Night for Speed. Yes. All that. Great uh, little uh, way to shake things up from talking about Fantastic Beasts. Now we're talking about this. Uh, Top Gun came out in 1986, actually won an Academy Award for Best Original Song for uh, that song that, what is it called? It always pops up and it's hilarious. Take My Breath Away. Take My Breath Away? Uh, Take My Breath Away. That was the origin of this song. It was written for Top Gun and won the Oscar for Best Original Song. My complaint for later is going to be hollow now. I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) Okay. I'm very excited. To uh, refresh anyone who may not have seen it in a while or hasn't seen it, Top Gun is about Pete Maverick Mitchell, played by Tom Cruise. For Pete, for Maverick and his friend and co-pilot, Goose, played by, oh gosh, what was his name? Anthony Edwards. Long uh, star VR. Being accepted into an elite training school for fighter pilots is a dream come true, but a tragedy as well as personal demons will threaten Maverick's dream of becoming an ace pilot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Was this the first time for anyone? I'm going to say it was the first time for me. You're going to go ahead? Oh. Because I feel like I know, I knew everything about this movie, knew everything that happens, and so none of it was shocking to me. This is one of those movies that is an iconic movie, and as such has become so, like, referential in film. And I've seen clips of it. I mean, every time I would watch a thing is every time used to, when you would watch the Oscars, they would play like tons of clips and it would always end up like Top Gun would always be in there as like a thing. So I'm going to say this is my first time actually like presently watching the movie because I may have been on when I was a kid, but I don't remember. Okay. What about you, Garrett? Have you watched this recently? No, I mean, this is my like second time. I would say my first time actually watching it was... I don't know, a few years ago. I was not as a kid. I don't remember why. Or maybe I did watch it as a kid and I don't remember it. But golly, this movie just drips. 80s. Every facet of it is the definition of like stereotype of 80s. I mean, it was beautiful to just immerse in it. One of the things that I really appreciated was it took advantage of what we are missing these days is that short-ass movie that SNL called out like this. Sure. Absolutely. This is short, quick to the point. You have weak characters that are laughably weak that I enjoyed because for me. To be fair, I don't know if that was intentional. (laughs) Yeah. No, it wasn't. But what are you going to do? You don't have time to introduce everybody and give them a backstory. And I don't agree with how it's done. But one of my biggest guilty pleasures growing up was Matlock. 
And uh, the gentleman who played Conrad, his private investigator, was in this movie, and he uh, took over for Goose as uh, Maverick's uh, co-pilot. Oh, Tim, Tim Robbins? Is is that his IG? Is that his name? Don't even know. Yeah, no, Tim no, Robbins. No. Uh, Clarence yeah, yeah. Gilliard Jr. Most people probably know him from Walker. Oh, Texas, right? oh, yeah, Sundown. I was thinking of Merlin, who takes yeah. over for him after he finishes. Yeah, okay, yeah, Sundown. Yeah, no, I, I remember. He's there, and he says five words throughout the whole thing, and it's laughable. And then you have one part that stands out to me, where Wolfman, who just shows up, makes a phone call, is like, "Maverick, just quit." There's Boom, someone. And that, there's someone. I don't know if we ever let it who. Solved, it solved the storyline. It he, I would assume that he called the the, the female, but. You know, but we just but, you have things like that where you just quick, easy to the point. Yep, it's not yeah. that great, but it tells the story and it moves it along and let's get it done. And I really that's interesting. very much appreciate that. That's interesting. I'm surprised that you don't think it's that great. I mean, I don't, I might much prefer characters be flat or they don't exist if they're not needed. But this is a different era of film and you have to appreciate it for what it is. You can pick it apart for what it has become. Mm-hmm. But leading into the eightiesness, give me it. Yeah, there are kind of. It does feel like at times there's a lot of superfluous characters that are mostly to to fill out the fact that hey, this is the top training program in the American Navy fighter jet force, and you can't have four guys. It can't be just Iceman, his friend Goose, and Maverick. It has to. You have to have other people filling things out. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, that I, I was kind of worried because I was watching going like, man, I just don't feel like there's like, like, I, I get it. I get it. But I was also watching it at times going, not sure what the appeal is here. Cause in the middle of the movie, it becomes like a romance, like a very Part of the appeal. And, and so it was like, I was like, okay, is, is this like a really romantic movie that I didn't realize was had all this romance about it? And I, I didn't realize that the song Take My Breath Away was written for this movie. That makes it make more sense. I, one of my things I was going to say, man, they really got their money's worth out of this piece of material because there's a period of four scenes back to back where boom, boom. Every time he sees boom, her boom, or boom, thinks boom, of her, boom. it kicks in. And boom. I laughed every time. It's I thought a, it was it's, hilarious. It's a 20, it's a straight 20 minute, four direct, like four scenes back to back where that song starts and it keeps it, it was to be to be kind of hip with the kids it keeps edging where it does not get to the vocals yeah where you just and you're just like oh my gosh just say it and then finally when they come together to know each other carnally he take my bravo and you're like oh finally they got to the words that's the filmmaking oh. that's expert direction right you gotta breathe it baby it I, was that it was to it i, I gotta I, imagine uh, in 1986 perhaps it was more uh, romantic to watch yeah, because by uh, taking my breath away was brand new. It wasn't what it is today, and right. I don't know. I thought the the their lovemaking scene was also pretty funny, but I can see how it in was, 1986 oh. it was super scandalous of tongue. You know, I mean, it you watch it and it's ripe for the parodies that followed. Like right. it feels like I could see Leslie Nielsen and Naked Gun doing like that exact bit. There is a a decent amount of cheese. I guess we kind of got into it without really starting, but it's so. So there's that. They play uh, Danger Zone, I think, at least three times. Uh, and so they, they didn't to, I play it enough? I was going to say, know, honestly, I could have used more Danger Zone. I love it. And I always knew that this was the move that in terms of you know, Danger Zone being popular, this was the movie that popularized it. But I didn't realize that it was just like, it was like, bang, start the movie with it. And then, bang, we're going to do it again in the midway point. And then, boom, one more time. Yeah. It's very funny to me how... It's just kind of humorous to me how music was used in this movie and how 
generally speaking, there's not a lot going on. Like it's they're training. They have an extended volleyball game. It was very interesting right. to actually it, presently it, watch it for the first time. For there to be this like air of relative seriousness about what they're facing, there's a lack of urgency that's kind of funny to me. Yeah. Uh, again, that I don't think is intentional, because... but it works out in my favor anyway. And let me ask you, David, if you caught on, because I know that we had trouble. Who's the bad guy? It's just a random I'll MIG. Tell you, I'll tell you what. Oh, the bad guy in general? Yeah, the, the whatever the MIGs are. Like, who are, who are flying the enemy aircraft? I don't know exactly. They were in, in, in the ocean. Or what is this? Maybe right, I 1986 think... is that when is that I don't know when the Gulf War started. Right, but they're in they're over the Indian Ocean was I the only they real say who's flying those planes. And I tell you what, I thought you did it on purpose. I, generally speaking, I think the bad guy might be Maverick. Well, it just yeah. yeah. After, way, yeah. after a little while, I was like, this is a real like Billy Zabka situation going here because I think Iceman's right. I think Iceman's not like. Rice man is making a ton of sense. He's kind of a dick about it, sure. Right. But I was like, Maverick is kind of being a little reckless and and uh, dangerous yeah. up there. And I was like, I think Iceman, he's he's he's. I mean, he's not wrong. He's an old stick in the mud, but he's technically correct. Yeah, is the best kind of correct. Technically, yeah. yeah I, I think that David earlier you said something about you weren't sure what the audience was, and you have to look at it from a different perspective because mm. this movie, the audience is action, like. There, the story doesn't matter. The mm -hmm. plot doesn't matter. The action is there. And, and the action scenes, I still think, very good. I think that the dogfighting scenes are really fun to watch just because that is an interesting thing to see anyway. Those planes are so fast. They are so much money. And I know that it's a movie and it's not, but like when they blow up, it's fun to watch them blow up. It's kind of like why a lot of reason why people like NASCAR is to see yeah. them crash and it's fun to watch them explode. And so like those, and they're very practical. They don't um, rely on CG. They are very real. And so they hold up quite well. And so even from an action standpoint, that is all that they're there for is just sheer action. And yeah, I had the same thing. Maverick is wrong. But again, he is our anti-hero. He's the rebel yeah. who's trying to prove Sometimes something. Sometimes you got to bring yeah. so he goes against the rules and thinks his own way. And that's I know he, he needs He really needs that. And that's part of his hero's journey is sort of being being wrong and it actually having consequences. It would be one thing if he was wrong and then it turned out like everybody went, no, Maverick's the one who's right. It's like, Let's not forget that, that he has pointed out to be wrong. Like he learns and he grows and he learns that, okay, I was wrong. Iceman, yeah. you were right. And I'm sorry. Basically, I'm yeah. like, he kind of grows at the end. You get that growth. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. amount of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we get it. And so they do, they do well. And I, I will say, in terms of the audience question, it's really more so not necessarily like who is the target audience. For me, it's just kind of interesting to go back and look at it and then kind of try to analyze the legacy of the movie because this became a very iconic film. We'll get into later how big it was in 1986. So it's just interesting to me that I feel like the people who talk about this movie the most or the people who remember this movie the most are like 45 to maybe 40 to 55 year old men. Like I think my my father-in-law loves the loves this movie to death. And yet in the middle of the movies there's this long romantic subplot culminating in silhouetted uh, sexy time. And that is the, the... not something my father-in-law would be into today. Right, right. So I, it's just kind of funny to me because it's I'm trying to pick out, okay, this movie became iconic. 
and trying to pick out, I'm surprised at the, some of the things that are in it that aren't ever referenced. You know what I mean? To me. Interesting. It's well, the it Goose, makes, it Goose and it. Maverick relationship that I feel like most people talk up about this movie. And yet, I feel like that's really underserved compared to everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree, but I think that's because I don't think that this movie... Not re- it's it's not Pretty Woman where the relationship is the focus. The the focus is not the relationship. It is just secondary to the general premise, which is Top Gun. Top Gun is number one and Maverick is number one. And his story with Goose, the main story, while I would agree a little bit underserved, if you think well, about it, it's there and they are developed, but it, it does seem like that they're just kind of friends without any backstory. I know. And I, and I don't... You get a little bit of backstory. I don't necessarily mind that there's no backstory. And I don't even think that their relationship is necessarily the focus of the story. I just feel like whenever people talk about the movie, they're all like, oh, I was so sad when Goose died. Or, oh, Maverick, you can be my you can be my Goose and I'll be your Maverick. Well, you know, that kind of like you hear about that kind of thing, reference a lot. And I, I get it, but also I just feel like uh, they just seemed like really good casual buddies. They didn't seem like there was that much of a, I don't know. It's just kind of funny to look at how different movies like how much things have changed because i feel like in an action movie today there's such a high demand on everybody who's in the movie you need to justify why they're in the movie you know what i mean and, and that's why you I, get two hour long sonic the hedgehog movies i yeah i agree <laughs> i totally get what you're saying david i mean i feel like yeah maverick and goose are one of films like iconic duos now and watching back it's hard to find why exactly because they're yeah the relationship doesn't seem super strong, like uh, how it's perceived today. But what I was really surprised by was how underwhelming I thought Goose's death was. Yeah. It wasn't that powerful of a moment, well, which is what I expected based on people's reaction yeah. today. And yeah. then also just the premise of his friend dying. Wasn't that? Yeah. Mm, can I, can I, I think part of that, is it feels like a random act, which in real in, in in within the context of reality it would be, but in a I feel like in a movie today there would be all this like element of foreshadowing of laying the foundation for how important Goose is to Maverick or how important it is for Maverick to protect Goose or there'd be all this foundation laying and then when that happens when he dies it'd be the emotional weight that Maverick has would be like oh really makes sense. But it feels like they're just going along, everything's great, and then all of a sudden Goose dies. So there's no sense of buildup to that kind of thing happening. So, and I'm not trying to overly be overly critical of the movie, but I just, it's just kind of funny to think about because I feel like they would really, I feel like today they would be a lot of like signposting along the way. And you go back and you look and you watch the movie a second time and you go, oh man, why didn't we see this coming? But like, even in the movie, they're like, yeah, they're in a minute different era storytelling i think that in the 80s you didn't have a lot of two hour plus movies for the most part most of them were i don't know if that's true or not but we'll pretend that it is and so i think that at the time you're used to getting a story in less than two hours and people's their connection is faster built than what we're used to because now this one's going to be i mean i'm looking at the run times now top gun is like an hour an hour and 50 something and this one's two hours and 11 minutes so you're going to get more story. You're going to get more of that backstory that you didn't get in the first one, because that's just, I mean, it's a different era of storytelling. And I think that people have adjusted to expect more backstory over time. And I think that 
in the 80s, things were faster and they probably felt more connected to that relationship than we do watching it now because it's okay, yeah, like I get it, but it, mm. it doesn't have that same kind of build that we get because they're trying to build the relationship too in this element. And so they're sprinkling everything, trying to hit it just enough, whereas now they expand a little bit more in each area mm. than we are used to in the past. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot of unnecessary goofiness, though, isn't there? A lot of weird I, machismo, I, weird extended volleyball sequence. There's a lot of unnecessary that could be, that could have been used to flesh out story and character a little more. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, oh, yeah. But I, I didn't learn anything about that volleyball scene. No, the volleyball scene that was weird because you don't expect it to be the guys in a movie like this. You would expect to see a beach volleyball scene of women. I didn't expect it to be a beach volleyball scene of dudes. And that was. Uh, a little bit of a surprise. What, I, welcome to a surprise because yeah. you expect to have women sexualized in the 80s. Kind of the, I'll tell you what, the volleyball scene, though, does contribute to my other comment. And I've only made this comment about one other movie that I can remember. And that is this movie is sweaty. Like this movie is like everybody in this movie is drenched in sweat. Constantly. So sweaty. Like the yeah. entire film was just shot in Arizona. And I think the last movie I said that about was uh, Devil All the Time. That was like a sweaty, like these people have to change their underwear all the time kind of movie. Like this is, these guys, I mean, they were on those battleships and they're just like pouring sweat in there. There was that one guy who was just had the headset and was reading the radar and he was just drenched more than anyone else. I was like, what is wrong with that guy? At all times, I was like, I was like, it must be awful in there. Their boss, like his head is glistening and all that. So, and it just looked like, it just, it made it, it looked like camp. It looked like air conditioning set up an oscillating fan at the end of the room summer camp. Just brutal. Do we want to talk about performances at all? Because I thought Tom Cruise was really weird in this. He wasn't. He was kind of weird. He's He has stages of his career where he's really good to me and other stages where he's almost oddly robotic. And this one felt like that. And I don't mean like bad acting robotic. I mean, literally, he seems like an android. Like when he is singing, anytime he is singing in this movie, it mm. feels like an alien who's trying to mimic a human. Yeah, he seems, it, I mean, it might be a level of, I don't know at what film in his filmography this was, what number it was, but he was only 24 here. Early oh. on, man. I mean, it's only a few, it's, he started in the Endless Love in 1981. So, I mean, he came out hot. He came yeah. out lazy. So he had the outside of risky business, all the right moves, legend, and then Top Gun. His so, teeth also hadn't it, been fixed yet. So. Yeah, and he has this, like, constant, like, Kirk turked up smile that, I mean, became kind of his iconic look, I guess. But he seems, he's kind of a creep in this movie a little bit, too. He's trying, to get so. that, he's trying to get that lady in the bag. It's very, okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so. He wanted to go to the women's restroom after he was turned down. Yeah. You can't do that. That goes, that, that, that conversation goes different ways a lot of times. So I thought he was kind of weird. He was fine. I thought he was, it was fine, I guess, but it was a little weird at times. Like you said, a little robotic, a little creepy. Him, his making out is a lot of tongue and that's, that's a little weird. But I thought one of his better scenes was when they were at her house. I don't remember her name now. Can anybody help me out here? What's Charlie. the woman's name? Charlie? Charlie. Kelly McGill. Yeah, Char Charlie. Yeah, when they're at her house. And they're listening to music and Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay comes on. And he's just kind of like having a quiet little monologue about his mom, his dad. That was like his best, I think, actual performance scene in this movie. I thought Val Kilmer was really good. Goose was obviously very entertaining. 
or I should say Anthony Edwards, Val Kilmer were very good. So yeah, I, it's not like a movie that just has a bunch of powerhouse performance, but it's, I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that's, I don't think that's the aim of the movie. The aim of the movie is to be fun. And I think, yeah, it's, definitely the it's performances dense. are funny. The performances are there. They're good. They're passable. They hold up. They deliver. Mm-hmm. The action is the star. That's what the movie is about. It is about the fighter pilots. It's about being a part of that action and feeling it. And, and if they deliver on those scenes, then an action movie can, then an action movie can be successful with okay performances. And this one is the, uh, like perfect example of that. About what exactly? About, uh, like, is it, what do you think about the performances here in this movie? Or do they matter? Is it, is, is the jets the, the, the story here or the attraction here? The big zooms. Yes. First of all, yes. I'm trying to formulate what I'm thinking in real time. Yeah. The jets here's here. The attraction are the jets, the pretty people, the romance, the music, all of the things that make great entertainment. So I think the story can be, it can get away with being weaker. And some of the performances could get away with being weaker, but they're not that bad. Like there's, there, there was nothing really outside of the couple of Tom Cruise things we mentioned. That made me go, oh, what is happening here acting-wise? It was generally fine. I thought they were all fine, yeah. I mean, Val Kilmer's not quite weird yet, which is good. Yeah. Tom Cruise is not quite normal yet. Let me ask, were you guys uh, were you guys airplane, like, kids? Did you like airplanes, and uh, did you have, like, model jets and stuff? I did. Really? I, don't, I was an airplane I don't think kid. so. I liked airplanes and spaceships. I had space shuttles and jets. That's cool. That's cool. So does this appeal to you to the idea, like an idea of a movie about fighter pilots and stuff? Does that generally appeal to you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if it delivers, I want a little more than just jets. But if you give me jets and good, mm-hmm. some good stuff to go with it, then I'm all aboard. I mean, I think the, the Top Gun Maverick trailers have looked great. I'm very excited. <laughs> I think it's. I 100% expect that Top Gun Maverick is going to be better than Top Gun. I I have no doubts in my mind that this movie is going to be better. It's longer. We're going to get a better story. And I and over time, Tom Cruise himself has become more of an action yeah. star than he was when he was younger. He's at his peak as an action star. And now, one of the things that I love about Tom Cruise is just how he runs in movies. Watch the man run in any of the movies that he does, and he goes full force oh yeah you have seen if you've been to any movies recently you've seen these uh, behind the scenes little trailers that they have of the training that they went through just to do these action scenes and so the action scenes are going to be even better because you didn't really get to experience in the same way because you couldn't the technology was there they were showing that they were trained not only to fly the pilots but also to record themselves on camera so they're running the cameras, they're flying the jets, you're going to be right in their faces, and it's going to be so freaking crazy. I think this movie is going to blow people's minds with what they experience. And I think that the story is still going to be, uh, okay, but I think it'll probably be better than we got in this one. I think I it'll think probably be better, better because we're going to see a more evolved Maverick. Just based on the trailers, it seems like he's now going to be slightly in the Iceman position where he's going to be like, ah. I'm old now, and I've been through it, and it turns out rules are good. Or the Viper position or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dang, um, so, and and well, you got Miles Teller, who's going to play Go- or Goose's uh, son, so there's going to yeah. be some weirdness there. Mm-hmm. Some ev- avenge- vengeful stuff and weird yeah. father-son stuff. It's going to be yeah. a, a mess and a good one. Yes, let me ask. So on the, in the vein of Maverick, Iceman, Viper, 
what would your call sign be? Just to start to get the conversation going, I'm going to say my call sign would be Casper. Casper? Could I be like a ghost? Mm-hmm. Could I be very friendly? Oh, my God. Nice guy, but I show up out of nowhere. Wow. That's a tough one. Some of these call signs are great. I'll read some off while you guys think. So you have, you, know, you have Maverick, you have Iceman, Goose, Viper, Jester. That's a really cool one. Merlin, Slider, Hollywood. That's a great one. Honestly, I think I'd have to go by Crash. Crash, you want to go by Crash and not Crank? Yeah, I, I think I would because I just need to have the irony there. Like I just need to have it there, and it makes it less it makes it less concerning, and it, and it alleviates some of the pressure. Makes me chuckle a little bit, and that's I think what I would need if I'm flying a plane at that fast and those stakes. Yes, I I think it helps. Crash, you're on your right. Crash on your right. Crash. Yep. Advantage. I'm, I'm gonna pick Apollo. Ooh, nice. I nice. Like I like Apollo. That. Apollo. That's a good one. That's not bad. That's good. That's good. I think we've got some pretty good call signs there. Flying sneakily in the dead of night. Oh. That's one small step for Apollo and one giant crash for the enemy. Oh, and that'd be me. I mean, look, if the Fast and Furious movies went to space, Top Gun's got to go to space, right? He's going to fly that jet into space, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if jets are 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 are, are uh, determine uh, determine space. But, I think but, he will go out of the out of the stratosphere. I think he'll go. Yeah, through, like Jeff Bezos says, he doesn't really go to space. <laughs> he just goes to the upper edge. Yeah, of the I think that will be. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm very excited to see it, especially on big giant open screen. Very much excited about that. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah. We've been waiting for this one for a long time. The trailer, the teaser trailer, came out pre-pandemic. This was supposed to come out 2020. Yeah, it's supposed to come out 2020. So I think that the this has got to be one of the last 2020 movies that haven't come out yet. Well, I got to be got to up there. We got Bob's Burgers on the way and stuff too. Yeah. So this is up there, and, and so I think the gap was supposed to be something like 33 years between the the movies, and now it's 35 or something. So we're finally getting here. Hopefully, it doesn't get delayed again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Should you guys want? I'll talk about the box office. Yeah, box office. Yeah, Yeah, let's shoot back to 1986. I've got to get back in time. And Top Gun, as you may not be surprised, was the number one movie at the box office when it it opened to just $8.1 million in the number one spot. But get this, it was only in 1,000 theaters. So compare that today, we have over 4,000 theaters. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, which recently opened, was in almost 5,000 theaters. So the industry's gotten bigger. Who knows how good Top Gun would have done and if it was released in the kind of theater setting we have today. At number two, here's a blast from the past. It's Short Circuit brought in $4.4 million in its second weekend. You know, I loved that movie as a kid. Not so much today. Not so much today. (laughs) (laughs) What are my favorites Uh, as a kid? Your Your mother was a leaf blower or whatever it is he said. (laughs) That might be Short Circuit, too. I don't remember. At number three, a movie called Sweet Liberty, which debuted that weekend, uh, comes in at three with 3.1. At number four, Joe Dancer, Your Life is Calling, which sounds like a movie Andrew would probably. Yeah. And at number five is a movie called Fire with Fire. Uh, Top Gun would go on to make... Oh, where did that stat go? Top Gun would go on to make... Oh, I lost it. A lot of uh, money. Bet. Sorry, hang on. Domestic... Uh, yearly. Do you remember the number one movie of the year? 
the number one movie. I'll just say this. It is Top Gun. Top Gun was the number one movie of 1986. It brought in uh, $176 million. It was one of three movies to make over $100 million. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. The first movie to make over $100 million was Jaws in 1977, mm. 76, 75. I don't remember when. You're close. But it was Jaws. And so, oh, I'm sorry. One, two, three, four, five. Five movies would make over $100 million that year. So it was a big box office here. You want to know the number two movie of the year? Was uh, Please. Crocodile Dundee. Ooh, that's number nine. Now this is a nine. That's one of those Garrett kind of movies. So then, after I never that, actually have seen it. I oh, just know that one part. Okay, that's interesting. So then, at number three, we have Platoon. Number four, The Karate Kid Part Two, and at number five, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. You look at the worldwide numbers; it's actually very similar to the. It's very much the same story. Top Gun was the number one movie of they would, even though it didn't. It didn't even have an international release. Didn't release overseas, according to this. So there you go. Number one movie of the year, Top Gun for 1986. Let's move on to the letterbox game. All right. So let's. I have no idea who's running it. I don't either. But for, to start, I'm going to look over some of the most popular reviews already written on Letterboxd about Top Gun. So we've. <laughs> there are a lot that hit a theme. There are a lot that are too serious. So some fun ones are three stars. There's no way this is a real movie. Uh, three and a half stars. This is the most 80s movie. <laughs> Three and a half. This movie is just Call Me By Your Name, except the peaches are replaced with jets that go really fast. And if you catch what they're spinning, that's the theme of most of the reviews. Yeah, yeah. Uh, three stars. Gay. <laughs> and then finally, this film is unrealistic because Tom Cruise does not meet the height requirement to be a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Interesting uh, detail. So... I mean, I, I haven't seen the score, so mm -hmm. we could all guess on this one and then just look. That's fine. You go first, Garrett. 3-3. Three, three. Mm, I'm going to be in a similar range. I'm going to say it's a 3.5. I guess I'll be the one that goes down then a little bit with an even 3.0. All right, so we're a little all over the range of three. But, okay, we have a direct hit, plane down. I don't know what they say. Mayday, that's what they say. 3.3. 3.3. You did it, Carrot. Crash landing, baby. Crash landing. That's not a good thing. Hey, good shot there, Crash. Oh, man, that's exciting. Uh, yeah, to wrap up, what are we going to do? It's a three and a half for me. I'm just going to uh, say. I'm going to give it, I think, just a solid three. Okay. I'm going to go with a four stars, man. I would watch this movie over and over. Sheer action, just joy <laughs> cheese. Over the top I, soundtrack. Oh, I've I've never been more happy to not have nostalgia for a film. It's a solid lean three stars. into the cheese, baby. Lean into it the is, cheese. It is very cheesy. We've still got a little bit of time left. Is there anything else that we need to address with this movie? I mean, look, it is fun. It's just fun. And you don't have to think about it too hard. And I have no real complaints beyond what I've already said. So no. That there, those goofy things are what are what keep it at a three and a half for me, and not higher. But I just don't short, care. sweet, and to the point, and that's what this movie. Sometimes that's what you need. I just need a nice, refreshing palate cleanser and Top Gun, baby. Not deliver every time. I gotta say, not deliver every time. To the comment about this movie being gay, there were a lot of scenes in locker rooms. 
This is a very locker room heavy. That's movie. what I'm talking about, about with the with the, the weird machismo stuff going on. Yeah. I, the volleyball my, scene. I gotta say, one of my favorite moments, I think, in the movie, a great piece of character establishment is when Iceman and oh, what was his car- his sidekick's name? Hollywood Slider, something like that. They walk over to Big Dog, Goose, and Maverick, and Maverick and Iceman. He's like, sorry to hear about. Oh shit, what was his name? Was uh, sorry to hear about Cougar. He was a good man, and Maverick goes, "He still is." He goes, "Yeah, that's what I meant." <laughs> so they just go, "Yeah, that's what I meant." Just doesn't even really doesn't even really think about it. Just just, just casually throws that in. One thing uh, I'm curious yeah. about for Maverick is, or for yeah, for Maverick is going to be how does it work with the lack of some of the relationships that were established because Kelly McGillis is not in Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. And Val Kilmer is not really a big part in it. Just because, no, I think just because of his health and everything today, he's in the cast list. But I can't imagine he has a big part. So we're pretty you much left with just Tom single, Cruise. You don't need a single person from the original movie other than Tom Cruise. Kevin McGillis doesn't matter. That relationship was secondary. He I disagree. I disagree as well. Give us <laughs> really because I don't think they're important. I think they're going to establish the younger kids. Oh, yeah. And I think that Tom Cruise is going to be playing like the lead, obviously, but they're going to establish the younger kids. And I don't think that any of those other relationships were established enough or strong enough to carry over to this Josh, one. I think they matter. You have Goose's son, and that's all you need. Josh, you're looking at the cast list. Is Meg Ryan in it? Is she returning it, it, as it, Goose's yes, I did widow? Not look for her. I do not see Meg Ryan in this list. No. No, Meg No, in Ryan. fact, he had this says that Maverick has a new love interest. Who is Jennifer Connelly? No, Meg Ryan was Goose's. Well, wife. I know, but I'm. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Goose definitely. doesn't have a love interest <laughs> in this movie. That's part of Goose's whole thing is he's married and he's, and he's like, ah, go. But he's like constantly trying to get, trying to get a uh, Maverick with someone. Anyway, so that's all I got. I think we've ra- we've another taken another this one down. quick fun fact I saw though while while scrolling information is that Val Kilmer. Uh, did not want to be in this uh, movie at all, and but was contractually obligated. Uh, you know, and it became happens. one of his most iconic roles. That happens more than you think. Yeah. You know? He did not want it. So how about that? End on that note. We'll be back with more, obviously. You can always find our episodes at SoManySequels.com, where you can find our whole back catalog and links to our social pages. So go subscribe in your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Uh, we'll see you next time.